drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Drink it in, man. Cornbread! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on everybody, it's your host Eric Oakley right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, coming at you after the bye week, Lions heading to the West Coast, play the Los Angeles Chargers, we've got players coming back, I got more thoughts on DPJ, trades, draft picks, Give you that Chargers preview. Might have a rant or two in me. Might talk uniforms and helmets and so much more on this show. So, everybody, I know I know what you're saying out there. Just give me that Kool-Aid. Okay, I'll do it. Drink it in. Uh... Gotta have a double-sided cornbread. Don't forget that. Cornbread! Cornbread! So, let's just get into this. We don't have time to mess around. So, I got a lot to talk about. I got about a uh, full sheet of paper here where I just made some notes. And, you know, we just talk ball on the show and have fun. And uh, the first thing I want to say is the Detroit Lions are the number two seed in the National Football Conference. In the whole NFC right now, in early to mid-November, the Detroit Lions are the number two overall team in that conference. Probably when you stack up all the teams in the whole NFL, we're top five. So let's not forget that. I, I know people want to go crazy over these couple losses we had or want to look at these other teams. And, oh, look at this quarterback. Look at the Chiefs. Look at the Eagles. Like, I'm here to tell you, like, the, the Lions are getting healthy They've got a good offense. They've got a growing and often playing well defense. They're very good on special teams. They're a very good team in general. They love each other. They work hard. They're on their P's and Q's most weeks. Um, they have a very easy schedule. And I, I just see this team rolling, you know. I, I just see them... Continuing to roll, continue to play good. Of course, you're going to have a couple shootouts. You can have a couple close games. You're going to have a couple nail biters. But I, I don't see why the Lions don't roll just like they are now into the playoffs and, and further. So 
you know, when you talk about that, you're looking at what's going on with them or who's who are they getting back. Like Dan Campbell recently said, I mean, Demo, David Montgomery is on his way back. And, and that's like a double-edged sword because I know a lot of you out there, you know, me included, based on fantasy football reasons, are like, I want to see the multidimensional, positionless, elite weapon in Jameer Gibbs. But it's like, you're still going to get Jameer Gibbs, but having Demo back there is so helpful because the guy can push the pile. He can move the sticks. He's a great leader. He's tough in short yardage. He catches the football. He can pass protect. Um, it just brings a lot to the table. So I, I think, you know, in a in another world, another universe, of course you could kind of have Jameer Gibbs, another decent backup, and a couple bodies behind him and get by in, in today's game. But the Lions, you know, I I don't have a full segment on this, but I was thinking about this recently. Like, the Lions have been so smart where they've sort of looked at what are the strengths of their team. Let's accentuate those strengths. Where are we weak in some areas? Let's go bolster that, whether it be the draft or free agency. But what they really have done, too, is kind of protect themselves in some areas because... I see this in the National Football League. I see this in fantasy football. You know, the minute you think you're good at a spot, you're like, man, we're really good at running the football. We got this stud running back. The minute that player goes down, misses time, and you have no one behind them, there is a huge drop-off. And where did the Lions see that last year? At running back at times where one of their two or both their guys were out. Their running back, running game was nowhere to be found at that point where else do they see that at times at linebacker well we got one or two guys that are decent the rest are just kind of guys from the bowling alley you get a couple injuries you know that's gonna that's gonna put you down so I really like how they've bolstered a couple spots with not only bodies but productive good football players so they can weather these injuries like people want to talk about their defensive line They've been they've done fine weathering Josh Pascal being out, Romeo Quara being nowhere to be found, you know, Charles Harris having a down year after he got paid again. Um so I I just think it's really important to cover yourself. What what do you think they did with DPJ, who I might get into a little bit more later? They covered themselves at receivers, one, because Marf was down, but two because they were missing a big body, explosive, go get it type of player. And there's no there's no saying that DPJ can't come here and play well and be here for two, three, four years in a productive, you know, secondary type role at a wide receiver position. So you're adding bodies, you're covering yourself before, during, and even after injuries occur, which I think is really important. So with that being said, Demo's on his way back. Jonah Jackson, same thing. Jonah Jackson's a great player, left guard. But by bringing in Graham Glasgow, by having guys like Kobe Sorsdahl, who they drafted and had the foresight to take a player there where you could have looked at it like, man, we're good. I think I've even been quoted on this pod. Man, we're good at interior guard. We, we don't need to add all these bodies on the offensive line. But you do need to have enough depth to cover your ass, which they have, when injuries have occurred. And Frank Ragnow, 
you know, missed a game last week where he's been gritting it through and we hear all about the toe and one week the toe's falling off and he'll never be the same. The next week it's like he's doing his regular miss a Wednesday practice and he's totally fine to dominate on Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, whatever it is. And then this craps up where he misses a few practices and he's out for a football game. I mean, that's a hell of a player. Frank Ragnow was a great top three center in the, in the NFL. And by missing him, you slide Graham over. You you put Sorzdal in there. You have Vitae who's back. Uh, you know, now they're going to get Jonah back. That just be nice to see this O-line together for more than a game or two, but... Covering yourself due to injury is great. The Lions have done a really good job at that. But what's really exciting is getting all those bodies back. And instead of just relying on Jameer Gibbs and, come on, Craig, you can have Demo and Gibbs and Craig and, you know, all these guys down the line just bolsters your team. So every time a guy comes back and your backups who have been playing well are good, your team is now better. So I'm really excited about that. I think they're going to get healthy. They're going to hopefully stay healthy, and you got a big stretch in November right here. I think one of the questions I put on the old pod poll that's connected to the show is, is November the biggest month, the most pivotal month for the Detroit Lions? And I think it is. You've got this game, which is a very winnable, but also could be considered a toss-up type of game. You then go into a stretch where you have three football games in the stretch of, what, 10, 12 days, something like that. You know, uh, this is really going to tell where you're at in the standings and also what, how are you going to have to ramp up? Is every game going to be crucial in December? Or are you going to be able to cruise a little bit and maybe get some guys healthy and do some things that you need to heading down the home stretch? I think the month of November is very pivotal. and We'll see what happens. So let me let me get to this, you know, real quick. I, I hinted on it last week. You know, Lions bring in DPJ sub you know, side type move. A lot of people are not happy. Oh, they're not going for it. Oh, they should have done this. Like, I got hit on the Chicago Bears for a second because I reached out to my guy, Joey Christopoulos from the Believe Podcast Network. And gosh, Joey's on the Big Ten Network now. He's got 80 million jobs going on. You know, we we text and talk, but, uh, you know, it's been tough to kind of make time to get him on here or for us to do any other collabs like we've been trying to do for a while. So I reached out to him and said, hey, man, I know you love your team, but you can't love that Montez sweat trade and then paying him that kind of money. I mean, 25 ish million on annual average value. That's, that's, that's an overpay. You paid a second round pick, which like normally if you're in the mid or late second round, it's a little bit more understandable. The Chicago bears are picking in the top five of that round. Pretty much no questions asked. And Joey was kind of like, hey, man, you know, the money's front-loaded and this and that, and how else are we going to get a player like this? And I I just said, he'd just be better to sit there at 35 and draft a, a stud, use him for four years, and then if they, they reach their high-end potential, you pay them at that point. But Montez Sweat's never going to be worth $25 million. I don't care how you wrote that contract. It's going to hurt you down the road. Sure, in the meantime, your fan base is happy because you got a player. A lot of Lions fans would have been happy. Oh, we got this player. And not realizing that they're either a rental or that you're probably going to have to overpay for that player. Where you get the most value, the most bang for your buck, the most 
important pieces to build your team is in the NFL draft. And you guys hear us do it all day long. This year draft coverage where we do things like this. Where we hit that mock draft music. Those may or may not be elements of Detroit Kool-Aid Select this year. We have to be a subscriber to get our mock drafts, our detailed NFL draft content and Google Sheets and all the other goodness. But you guys know we love to talk the draft because the pick is in. So if you're smart, which Brad Holmes is, he looked around, he asked questions, but no, he's not going to go out and give a high-end draft asset for a player he doesn't absolutely love, especially one that's not under contract, especially one that he's going to have to pay buco bucks to keep here who's not worth that contract because he needs to pay Amon Ra, Pene Sul, Hutch, and others. I've been over this on the pod. Let me bring that draft music down because I'm gonna. I love the draft music. I'm gonna get excited slash pissed talking about this because again, let's go back to fantasy football. Some people love to just get a player no matter what the cost. They love to say, "Well, look what I obtained. What did you pay for them? How does that impact your team down the road? How does that impact your team right now?" All those things are going through Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell's mind. So they want to win now. DPJ will help them. Other players might have been consideration. The price was too high. The re-up price paying or having to keep this player around was much too high, I believe. So they did the prudent thing. Got a player that they can uh, they can keep and they will use that draft pick. Instead of the Bears giving up 35, the Lions will draft plenty full players at second round, third round, fourth round, two picks in the third round, um, and, and come away with young studs on cheap contracts that'll be much better than some name, Chase Young or others you could have got this year that you think would have helped you and really could have set you back more than, more than it helps you. So there's that. While I'm on that topic and before I get to my commercial break, one thing I had down here was just that whole fantasy versus reality type concept. And the reason I, I wanted to talk about this real quick was I found myself doing a lot of coach speak to my buddy Luke. Luke's a good buddy of mine. Gosh, we've been friends for so long now and, and just such a good dude. And uh, he's in a couple of my fantasy leagues. He's who knows what he's doing. He's been working Olympic games and FIFA soccer tournaments and crazy stuff all over the country. Just always doing big things. But me and him, we do compete at the highest level in fantasy. And I found myself hitting him with a bunch of cliches because Luke is doing just what I talked about here on the beginning of the show. He, he's loading up on this flashy talent and thinks that he can cover himself um, at, at starting spots and doesn't go for depth. And then when he has a couple injuries, he's hitting me up with texts saying, oh, I got bad luck. Oh, I can't win. Oh, my team is poor me. I'm like, well, you should have drafted a third or fourth running back instead of just going for that flashy wide receiver that's been hurt all year for you. 
oh, I never get all my receivers together. If I did, this would happen and that would happen. So I started hitting them with like one week at a time. You know, uh, you can't let these losses snowball. I was telling them you got to protect yourself with depth. You you can't always just rely on your, your top two studs to get you by every week. And I, the more I thought about it, I was like, these are the kind of things we hear Brad, uh, more, more so Dan freaking Campbell talking about. When a couple of his players go down, you don't hear him boohooing at the uh, podium. You just know he's got players in the back pocket that they've coached up, that he's put assets into, that they've put coaching time into, that are going to have to step up for them to win because no one is going to give them a pity party. Oh, because you're this guy and that guy is out, like, we'll take it easy on you. Or, oh, we'll give you bonus points. No, like, you have to show up every week with whatever you have, whether it be National Football League, Fantasy Football, whatever, and do the best you can to win that week. And if you don't win that week, you scrape yourself up, which I had a you know, couple of my leagues I'm undefeated or doing great in. And there's a few leagues that, gosh, I look at my record and I'm like, how am I, you know, at 500? And it's because you take these L's and you're like, all right, took that loss. I had a loss this last week that I wasn't too happy about and thought I was going to win heading in. The chips did not fall anywhere near as I thought they were for touches and players and um, production. And it's like, well, all right, took that L. Now I'm going to have to just get up and get going next week, see if I can get a couple guys healthy um, in fantasy football, see if I can get rolling, put the best team I can together, put them out there, and then see what happens. What do you think Dan Campbell does every week? He gets all of his players together that he, that are the best guys for him that week. And he puts them out there and he tries to put them in a position to do what they do best and tries to win that week. He will worry about the next week after that. He will worry about injured guys when they're ready to come back. Not right now. Uh, if a couple guys get hurt, he doesn't throw in the towel for the next however many games. He figures out a way to overcome. And that's what we need to do in NFL, fantasy football, and in life. You know, just... Find a way to overcome, figure it out, and, you know, it's it's just funny to me how everything was kind of correlating. So I found myself throwing out cliches, giving life lessons when really I was just talking ball with buddies. So, Luke, get yourself together, man. Get your couple guys healthy. Put, a guy, put out what you got. Try to win. And if you don't, it's not the end of the world, man. You, you'll uh, you'll figure it out. Same with me. I some leagues I want to do better in, but... Week to week, game to game, day to day, both the Detroit Lions, fantasy football owners, and everybody. Do the best you can tomorrow. All right, so I got that in. So let's go ahead and do this. I think last week I kind of did a shorter show. I think you guys like that. You can listen to it on work, um, on your way to work, the gym, wherever it may be. I, I'm going to get my great sponsors in here, take a commercial break. When I come back, I got at least one, maybe two rants in me. I definitely want to get into this Chargers preview. I want to hype up the Lions a little bit more. I think Beetlejuice might make an appearance in the second half of the show. If you guys know, he's a um, often either on the show or an absolute legend. So we might get him in here for a couple, uh, a couple laughs as well. But uh, we got so much to do on the back half of the show. So everybody, I'm going to get my great sponsors in here. Take a quick break. Take a quick breath. Maybe a quick drink of that delicious Detroit Kool-Aid. And I'll be back right after this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, this goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, it's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. I'm rehydrated with a little of that Detroit Kool-Aid double-sided cornbread. And before I get into my other topics, maybe my rants, maybe um, some other takes I have here on the show. This is usually where I shout people out, and and again, there's so many of you, I can never name all of you, but I appreciate all the love. Um, anytime I put something out on Twitter, you know, I'm not trying to go for most likes, most retweets, but I, I it is fun when I see the loyal, diehard Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers repping stuff, I have to say. I try to entertain, but also... Um, you know, get in where I can. I'm, I'm not trying to get in fights with anybody out on Twitter. I'm not trying to, you know, be a hot take artist and throw things on the wall and see what sticks. But uh, it is fun to get out there, throw a few gimmicks out, um, make you guys laugh a little bit, as well as just hype up our football team, our Detroit Lions. So, like I said, I can never thank all of you enough. I will throw a couple names out quickly on the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast hotline. That's 989-272-3484. You can call in. You can text in. You can leave a voicemail. Um, if you do any of those, especially the call and the voicemails, you need to have a give yourself a nickname. You need to have a hot take. You need to do a couple of the gimmicks. You need to tell us how great the show is and uh, all types of their hilarity, as well as serve up that delicious Detroit Kool-Aid talking about our line. So if you do that, you're apt, you're probably going to get played on the show. You're going to get repped on the show. You may turn into a sound drop like Stash from the ATL did a couple weeks ago when he was tired of me saying, I'm on Raw 
very majestically, or chops his Amon Ra a little bit more uh, hefty and, and, and bolsterous. So he went with this. Amon Ra. <laughs> which I think is incredible. So you could turn into a sound drop here on the show, too, if you call up and, and make us laugh. But C-Mill from Wisco, oh, wait, not C-Mill from Wisco, formerly C-Mill from Wisco, a.k.a. the Milkman <laughs> is in. He was loving the DPJ trade. You know Young Santa was in. Him and Mrs. Claus were at the Raider game. He was texting me, shooting me photos. I was like, why are you in the heated tent when you should be out, you know, handing out gifts when your name is Young Santa to all the loyal Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. And I'm talking about handing out Kool-Aid and cornbread for all. But uh, he had a great time. The tuna is on here as always. Bo DeFrisco is just making ridiculous trades in the fantasy football league I let him in. I don't know if he's just, you know blowing the season he's giving players to chops for free so that he can beat me and then brag about it for the rest of his life i see you Bo. i'm not happy about it but i see you and chops of course i see you taking advantage of the new owners in our league and and adding players to your team so you can pretend to be better than me i i see all of this happening but i did beat an undefeated team in that league this year and the okri lions as i call them our tops of the NFC North heading towards a playoff bid. And I'd love to get a Super Bowl in that league for the people. I mean, you know who they are, right? The people, you know. And the people consist of the millions. <laughs> a few of you, uh, you know, a good amount of you saw me put out that uh, I put a tweet out. And again, I'm staying with Twitter. Who wants to call it X? It just sounds stupid, <laughs> looks stupid. Like, it's Twitter until otherwise. If I end up having to call it X, I guess I will. But it just doesn't flow as well. I don't like it. So I'm sticking with Twitter. Some of you guys saw me on the old Twitter machine throughout that I want to hear what you want to hear about. So if you ever got the topic, a question, you want to hit me up, shoot me a DM, shoot me a message offline, whatever it may be, hit up the Kool-Aid hotline, be like, okay, I need your take on this. I want to hear about this. Make this a segment, and uh, I'll do my best to do so. But you guys saw me put that out, a couple rock gifts, as as well as everybody knows that I do it for the millions and millions uh, of Kool-Aid drinkers out there. So there's that. Gosh, there's so many other people um, that I could shout out. But uh, I just want to say again, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. Hope you enjoy it as well as, uh, you know, who knows what we might get into. Like I said, we may do draft content on DKC Select, only $2.99 a month. If you haven't signed up, you need to do so. Um, you know, get Chops back in the mix here in the next few weeks or wherever. I know he's got a lot going right now. And if we can get Logan back on or Joey or whoever, we'll definitely try to do that as well as things get cooking. But this is such a big stretch. I mean, like I say, those games in November, December, um, you, you know, we had to Dallas. We got a couple games in there. Just got to keep winning. I mean, before I get into my, my second topics, I guess I'll just talk quickly about the Minnesota Vikings because a lot of people out there doing radio topics about, oh, man, the Vikings, like, I'm scared. I'm a little worried. I'm a little, uh, you know, whatever the words they use, they, they try to come up with gimmicks that are funny, but I mean, they're nothing like this show. Um, you know, they're doing segments on this. And it's like, okay, they won a few football games. Like Josh Dobbs is a okay quarterback. He's not a 
game changer. He's a very smart guy. He can make the routine plays. He will help them because he's better than, you know, the BYU kid they were going to have to throw in as a rookie, of course. But, you know, I, I'm, I would have liked the Vikings to lose a couple of the last weeks here, but because they won, am I shaking in my boots? The Lions have to look over their shoulder or be ultra worried? No, I'm not. I think the Lions are by far the superior talented team. Uh, everyone's like, but the Vikings get to play the Lions late in the year twice. Good. We'll smack them around twice then and and, and be even higher in the standings at that point. Uh, that's kind of the only reason they're still hanging in there because we haven't played those bums yet. So, of course, it's going to be close. So, Lions take care of their business. Not too concerned about what Minnesota does. If Minnesota keeps ripping off dubs and the Lions play well, we'll see you on the football field twice in the month of December and we will take it to you and, and win the division that way. That's how I see all that. So I'm not too worried about Dobbs and company. Um, congratulations, you're playing well. Okay, you're going to get Justin Jefferson back. He's a hell of a, he's a, hell of a wide receiver. But I, I'm, I'm not going to waste any more time with you guys talking about the Minnesota Vikings and how they're going to steam back and the Lions are going to collapse and lose. No, that's not happening. So um, let me do a quick rant real quick. And again, um, this was one I planned on doing last week. I didn't get to it. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. But ba- Bally Sports, can, can, can you get your you-know-what together? Like, the, the the people of Detroit and of Michigan are trying to watch their teams. You know, you got the Red Wings going. You got the Detroit Pistons. You got all this other sports content. You're the, really the only place we can watch sports content. Yet, the sports content that you provide is not available. Nobody can sign in. Nobody can watch games. Nobody can use their username. We're missing, like, not just, like, a portion of a game, five minutes here, ten minutes. You're missing full games where people can't watch it live. Your replays don't work. Your whole website, your whole apps don't work. Like, I hear, I'm reading, you're going into bankruptcy. You're losing um, your sports rights. You're trying to keep your other rights in these areas. Like... It's just an absolute debacle on Bally Sports Detroit or Bally Detroit, whatever you're calling yourself. Get an app that works. It's 2023. You have people paying 20 plus dollars to use your app or they have a direct TV subscription or I don't even know how you get their service across the way, but I know that your service is not working and it shouldn't be that hard. You should have an app that streams. There's a million other streamers out there. I don't hear anybody else having weak, multi-week long issues where you can't sign in, especially when people can't watch their teams. No, it's not acceptable to have it working three weeks later. Oh, sorry, you missed it. six games. Sorry. Those are six games that people have been waiting a long time to watch. And they can't because your services don't work. It's absolutely ridiculous. So all the people out there that are just banging their heads against the wall, signing in, re-signing in. Hey, I signed in. Next time you go to the app or the computer or whatever, tells you to sign in again, says error, says not working, says buffer this, but like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I just can't believe that they can't get that going and that people are missing like games where the wings are playing really well. The Pistons are really fun to watch. Like, let's get it together ASAP. Now... Another thing I wanted to hit on before I get to the Chargers preview, I don't know if I said this last week, but I meant to say it. Um, I did like the blue helmets a bit better um, on that Monday night game. 
there's been this big controversy of why they wear them with the all grays, and you got these people, the you know, the rule book nerds on Twitter. Um, excuse me, it's it wasn't permitted by the NFL for them to wear other than with the color rush. Well, I see a lot of other teams with color uniforms that aren't all dull gray. I'm pretty sure they could have said, "Hey, can we swap it out with like, you know, the so you know the blue pants with the blue helmet, and the gray jersey, and and whatever." So I still didn't like the uniform combo. I did like the blue um, helmets. They really just looked sharp on TV, especially. I I don't mind that old logo, but I still didn't love it. I felt like, man, that blue helmet with either like a new third, like exciting new age Lions type feel would have been nice rather than like, here's this new sharp new age blue helmet with a logo that we used in what 1960 something like that that's just still a miss for me but they did look clean they they did look crispy on TV which I liked now one thing people really need to start getting hype about I don't care if you're like a jersey guy or don't care too much about the uniforms like it's going to be real real exciting when this off season the Detroit Lions are going to debut new uniforms i mean you gotta be hype about that people just give me that (laughs) kool-aid exactly people gonna be wanting that kool-aid wanting these uniforms all day so it is important i so hope they get it right with the numbers the colors the designs i still don't see them really changing the overall logo that much But who knows, man, this new regime is feeling themselves with how they're winning and the type of mojo they have. I could see them maybe doing something crazy with this Lions logo, keeping the colors, maybe darkening them up a little bit, going back to the old block numbers, you know, going back to the silver um, with a little bit of a darker blue, you know, getting rid of all this black that they've tried to mix in and going to... um, you know, some other variation, maybe a third jersey that's a little bit off the wall, a little bit different. Like the Pistons just went with those sweet black bad boys that just say Detroit on it with the skull bones on the side and the black with they they incorporated an orange, which the Pistons have never had orange. But could the Lions do some type of bad boys, Detroit, Motor City type vibe? Well, that'd be sweet, man. A Motor City type jersey with either that on the helmet or, or somewhere on the uniform and, and, and work that in. So I'm hype about that, man. I feel like that's going unnoticed where the Lions could have a total uniform redo here in the next six months and uh it could be crazy because this town is gonna have the nfl draft they're gonna have a winning football team there's no question there's no telling what we might do this season we could win the nfc north we could be a top one two three seed in the nfc we could have one two three home playoff games we could win the nfc we could go to the super bowl i mean all that stuff with new uniforms nfl draft hype kool-aid cornbread everywhere drink it in everybody drink it in corn cornbread all right so i got that going now let, let me let me finish out the last part of the show with two things first of all I pulled this up today and I thought you guys would be interested. So this past year, you know, me and um, me and Chops had kind of crazy schedules around the draft. Of course, I was in the DTO scouting office, busting my butt, prepping, loving life, um, 
enjoying that whole draft Thursday to to Monday basically type time frame. Chops was somewhere you know drinking a uh, a drink with a umbrella in it or swimming in the ocean or whatever he's doing with his fam. But I pulled this up because I'm working on the 2024 NFL Draft Google Sheet, which is mostly like where I do all the work and then Chops comes right in and takes all my data and uses it against me in fantasy football, does a little bit of work, and then and we call it a combo meal. Um, so I, I'm looking at this as I'm trying to get it ready, you know, putting in the hard work again to, to get it all prepped. And we'll definitely try to share this with all the loyal DKC Select members when I get it all primed. But I looked at last year's draft class. So we all know the Lions. Scott, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, who I haven't talked to much about Jack Campbell recently, and people, some people are down on him. Why? Because people have recency bias, and they want to, you know, if Jack Campbell was making sacks or making big splash plays, they would have him in the Hall of Fame, but because they're not seeing it, they don't, they're, they're thinking he's not playing well, like... I still love everything I hear about Jack Campbell. I love the intensity he plays with, the physicality. I love he's getting more snaps. I love them using him as a pass rusher. So I, I am not down on that player whatsoever. Um, you know, Brian Branch, they took, you know, they're able to to get Hendon Hooker we haven't seen yet. So with all that being said, you guys know who the Lions class had. And, and, and Laporta, I mean, those top five selections we all just loved when it was all said and done. Now, did we like the positional value? Did we like how it shook out on the surface? No, but they've all seemed to carve out really nice roles and, and will have nice roles in the future and uh, have been exciting. So just really quick, I'll go over the Oakry and the Choppy picks that uh, we would have taken, and who knows how they would have fit in on the Detroit Lions. But, um, you know, I think that these are still decent values and fun to look back at as well. And I have kind of taken away the draft shows. Um, those are under the DKC Select banner. So I know all you guys, those are like our highest rated shows where they're live and they're for two, four hours, however long some of those shows were, where it's literally me on a live microphone during the draft telling you my thoughts, my picks. So I know you guys love some of those and you listen to them, but if you want to hear the archives or if you have a friend that wants to hear those, you got to go DKC Select, $2.99 a month to hear those. But here's who you would have heard me take. So at 12, I would have taken Nolan Smith. Choppy would have taken Van S, the big edge from Iowa. At 18, I wanted Kalijah Kansas, the penetrating defensive tackle. Chops would have taken Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr. has played really well in Pittsburgh. Would he have been as good in Detroit? We don't know. Kansi, been hurt a little bit, but uh, they seem to like him down in Tampa. I think he would have been um, good here as well. Me and Chops both took Brian Branch in, um, with our third picks there. Uh, how about this fourth round pick for me? Uh, or fourth you know, selection that they made. I believe this was the third round as well. Tank Dell, wide receiver from Houston. That's what I would have taken. He's been balling in Houston. Um, he's a he's a heck of a football player when it comes to electricity, getting open, and been making lots of plays for them. Chops would have taken Edebaware, interior defensive tackle edge from Northwestern. 68, we both took Hendon Hooker, quarterback, Tennessee. Uh, after that, I took Keely Ringo, the cornerback from Georgia, and Chops took one of the worst interior guards in football, uh, Zavala. I then took 
Oluwatimi, the interior slash center, who would have helped us when Frank Ragnow was out from Michigan. Chops took Voorhees, interior guard, who is out for the year, and, and everybody knew that going into the drafts. So that was a future pick for Chops. And then I took a guy, I haven't heard much about this guy. He might not be an NFL pro. Kuntz, the tight end. I think he's from Old Dominion or somewhere like that. And uh, Choppy took his boy BFW, Bryson Ford Wheaton, wide receiver who is, is working at the bowling alley, shining shoes now, I think. So as you can see there, I mean, you got to like our first few picks. Obviously, Brad Holmes seemed to do better than we did, but you never know how these players would have translated on the Lions and vice versa. You know, we didn't know how the Lions were going to use or select when they picked. But uh, just fun to look back at those. And, and like I say, the one little tweak and then the reason I love doing those live picks is because there's no high, there's no going back now and being like, I told you we should have taken Jack Campbell because that wasn't my pick. But I still root for the player. Um, the only trick I think, again, that Chops pulls on me is usually when we do these, I, I, t- I text in my pick and then he sometimes like Hen Hooker and Brian Branch and some of these, he kind of piggybacks on my pick or he waits till I name a player and then he tries to name a player that he knows is in a better situation or would do better um, and fool me that way. So I, I see you working, Choppy, on all these different levels, fantasy football, these picks. But uh, it is fun to look back, man. I literally am looking at right now, 2023, all the way back. I've been doing these live on-the-clock picks since 2008. (laughs) Um, So I got all this stuff documented. It's really fun to look back at. But um, I I just want to make that a short segment so you guys could see the Oakery and the Choppy Draft classes versus um, Brad Holmes and how these things can get tons of praise early. But it's way too early to grade all these guys. Like, what if Kansi's a stud for the next three, four years and some of our rookies fall off? Or what if Brian Branch was the greatest thing ever right away and then he has some injury issues? Or what if Tank Dell becomes a dynamic, flashy receiver and instead, you know, the player we took doesn't pan out? Like, you have to let these things roll a little bit. That's one thing I'd always caution Lions fans on is we love the fancy rookie. We love a guy that comes out and balls his first couple games or or wows us with his touchdowns, but he needs to do it productively for multiple seasons on a consistent level. Like, I'm on raw, ARSB, and then you can be like, yeah, that guy's a hell of a ball player. He ain't going anywhere. Um, And uh, hopefully all our rookies, top rookies, our depth guys will end up being those type of guys where we look back two, three years and all they've done is got better, stay healthy, cornerstones of the team, stuff like that. That's what I'm hoping for. So let's let's get in this Chargers preview. And uh, I saw good old Tim Twentyman. He put out the uh, ranking comparison, which he does, which, again, I'm not really a big numbers guy. I'm not a big stat analytics let me tell you um you know all these facts and figures i kind of go on feel as well as try to entertain and just try to give you takes but i do like when he puts this out so i was just looking it over i mean when it comes to points per game lines are at 25 um chargers 25.1 so very even there you know um it looks i mean the lions rank second in total offense. That surprises me. I didn't think they would be that high. I thought they'd be like top top six, maybe, top eight, but not top two. So that's impressive. You know, Chargers are 15. 
looking at just some of these defensive numbers, you know, the, the Chargers are 21st in, in points per game defense, 30th in total defense. Um, you know, red zone efficiency, I know, is something the Lions want to work on. They're currently 24th in the NFL, and it says the Chargers are second. So, you know, you can go through all those numbers. I, I really see this being a kind of a not a coin flip but it's like a it's a weird game on paper it's like yeah we're going to the west coast but it's the chargers like i mean you know what do i think about the chargers in general i mean i think i'll have my boy beetlejuice jump in here and tell you exactly what i think they can't handle me they ain't tough enough yet that's what I think about the Chargers. They're not tough enough. They can they can wow you with their quarterback with his flowing locks. They can put all these receivers out there. They can they can put Austin Eckler out there. They can have these old edge players that wow you with their sack numbers, but they they're they're just not tough enough, man. They can't handle us. They can't handle me. They ain't tough enough yet. I mean, I think the Lions are gonna go down there and they're gonna put them down to their knees, buddy. I'll put him down to his knees, buddy. Exactly. That's what's going to happen. Beetlejuice, I understand you, bro. I feel what you're saying right now about the Chargers. Yeah, I understand. I got it in my head, dude. Exactly. I, we, we're in total agreement because they can't handle the Detroit Lions. They can't handle me. They ain't tough enough yet. It's, that's what's going to come down to. I could read stats. I could go through all these things. The Detroit Lions are a more tough, a more physical, a more imposing football team than the L.A. Chargers. Like, again, could could Justin Herbert come out and play an incredible game and keep his team in and wow you with some of his throws? Yes, he could. He also has a ridiculous contraption on his hand that has impacted his accuracy and his ability to play the quarterback position. Could Austin Eckler win a game all by himself? Could. He has before, but will he against the Lions defense? No, I don't think so. Is Khalil Mack going to wreck the game and destroy the Detroit Lions uh, from a pass rush perspective? No, because we have a guy named Penny Sewell who's going to be over there just locking him down. Oh, one of the Bosa brothers. Yeah, the older one that's less productive is out there. He's going to be going against Taylor Decker. Good luck with that. So I just think from the trenches on both sides of the ball, our mentality, our physicality, our grit, it's going to be way too much for the L.A. Chargers. It just sounds wimpy, man. They just sound... Like, they're not tough enough, you know what I'm saying? They can't handle me. They ain't tough enough yet. I mean, I think we go in there. We we ball out on offense. Why? Because it's probably going to be 50-50 Lions and Charger fans, if not 60-40 Lions fans in that stadium. It's indoors. It'll be perfect weather. There's no, you know, fear whatsoever of these guys in powder blue, light yellow, white uniforms, whatever they're going to be wearing. So I think Jared Goff, our defense, our coaches, our whole team, we just go down there and we put them down to their knees, buddy. I put them down to his knees, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I understand. I got it in my head, dude. So that's what's going to happen. I appreciate Beetlejuice joining me for the segment. Um, hopefully you guys understand what I'm saying, dude. 
Hopefully you know as well that the Chargers, they can't handle us. They ain't tough enough yet. And they never will be. As well as when it's all said and done, we're going to take grit, Detroit versus everybody, and our talent, and we're going to pull them down to their knees, buddy. I'll put them down to his knees, buddy. Exactly. So I got this one 28 to 20. Lions victory. Again, it's a pivotal game. The Lions are going to be in some tough ones. I just see this team not being tough enough from LA. Us coming off a bye, refreshed, healthy, ready to roll, and winning this uh, by eight to 10 points. I really do. So, everybody, drink it in. Drink it in, man. Double sided cornbread. Corn, cornbread. And I'll catch you next week, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. My name is Peter Juice. Hey, you gotta wake up in the morning and eat coffee, brother. Yeah, I understand. I got it in my head, dude. Butter and jelly. Butter and jelly. Butter and jelly. Yeah, I understand. I got it in my head, dude. It can't handle me. They ain't tough enough yet. I'll put him down to his knees, buddy. My name is Peter Juice. My name is Peter Juice. My name is Peter Juice. What's up, honey? What's up, honey? Hey, gotta wake up in the morning and eat coffee, brother. It can't handle me. They ain't tough enough. Yet. I'll put him down to his knees, buddy. Yeah, I understand. I got it in my head, dude. Says, give me that Kool Aid. Okay, Kool Aid drinker and, you know, cornbread muffin and all that. I don't know, the Kool Aid, cornbread, whatever you want to call sure, it, yeah. man. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Corn, cornbread. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.